Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. Hey, guys. That was some some enthusiasm there. <laughs> was it not? Was it not enthusiastic? <laughs> Let's try it again. Do you want to go first? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beyond the Mat podcast hosted by Emmanuel Clauser and Jared Rowan. A space for you to transcend your yoga beyond your mat and into your life. Hey guys, welcome back to the pod. Hello everyone. (laughs) Happy Thursday. Hope you had a really good week so far. Jared and I are excited to be here and we are bringing back a topic that we discussed in season one, but that is super relevant, especially in this time of the year. I, I think the fall is a really nice time to practice self-care and establish good habits before we gear up for the holidays, which will be here before we know. And so we are trying to explore self-care, but in a different way and bring you just a fresh new perspective on what it could mean or look like for you in your life and ways to implement it on and off the mat. Yeah. So we thought like uh, this idea of First, defining like what is self-care? Yeah. So the definition of self-care is the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. Yes. And we love the definition of Manuel and I, as we were prepping for this, she, you know, made some really good points about the definition, which we will get to, but you really, the highlights from that definition is protecting your own well-being and your own happiness during periods of stress, which are subject to change. And we will talk a little bit about what that means. Now, if we take it in terms of the yoga room, it's the very obvious, uh, thing there is that yoga in itself is an act of self-care. Um, I think we can both agree. Yeah. Um, but I think you take it a layer deeper in the sense of how are you really caring for yourself within that yoga practice? So you're in the practice. Self-care psychologically is how are you talking to yourself in the poses? Um, self-care physically is how are you taking water or breaking when you need it? Self-care, you know, socially, if you want to say emotionally, is is there an act of comparison going on? Um, So there's not only is the practice itself just such a good act, but even the inner workings of some of the physical, emotional, psychological components of yoga give us an opportunity for self-care. Um, would you agree? Yeah. And I made like a comparison in the previous episode that we recorded where I was like, yoga is a tool for self-care. But if we consider tools and you consider something like a spoon, yoga is not a tool that does just one thing. It's like the little Swiss knife where you have like all the different things. Like it's a corkscrew, it's a knife, it's a scissor. So it does all these different things for you. And I just think it's such a beautiful analogy to help you understand it's one practice that can impact so many different areas of your being. And so one day what you may feel you need is physical self-care and you can achieve that through the practice of yoga but you can also achieve mental emotional spiritual self-care through the practice of yoga 
which I think is what makes it so interesting to me is there's so much depth through it and so much potential for learning that is just fascinating. Yeah. And I think it's really, um, it's self-care. And I know even in yoga, because as we stick with that before we take it off the mat, it, we were talking, Emmanuel and I, about, you know, the fact that the practice may change for you. And you know what, that's because your circumstances have changed. So for me personally, and I know we've talked a little bit about it on the pod, I started a very physical practice with Bikram Yoga or 26 and 2, because for me, I guess that's what I needed at that time in that version of my life. Uh, And then it transcended into more of a vinyasa practice with well-intentioned spirituality concepts and heavy dharmas. And that was the self-care I needed. And now I'm in a place where I like, not like slow practice, whatever that even means, but just a different intentional practice where it's very thoughtful, it's inquiry based, there's some breath work, um, there's more moments of stillness. So know that self-care is also really dependent on your circumstances and that the type or style of yoga may change given what your, you know, body, mind, and spirit need. I think that's important to point out. Oh, for sure. And that goes for like seasons of your life, as well as like, maybe your week. Like when you get to Friday, maybe what you need is a restorative class or a, a yoga nidra class and having that presence or that connection to yourself so that you can assess what you need instead of just defaulting to what you always do. Right. Because if you're always, you're like, oh, well, this is what I always do. This is what I should do. It's not saying that a vinyasa class wouldn't serve you. It could serve you in a way, but maybe what would serve you best is something a little slower and more restorative. And that's just like a very simple example. As you go through the seasons of your life, you'll find that different styles over the long terms are, are what suit your needs. And I would say that's less so on a physical level, I think for me, but more so on like a spiritual, emotional, mental level. Yeah, I think it connects to your physical level, like what your emotional and spiritual needs are may be reflected in what you physically need. Right. So if you're like super anxious and you're having a lot of anxiety, maybe you need a practice that's less vigorous. If you're someone who is keen, like more into depression maybe you need a practice that's more stimulating um so i think that component they they're they're like what is it like interlock interchanging or like dependent on one another yeah intertwine yeah yeah um and i think that's that's important to recognize and that's not to say for the listeners like routine is not important routine is important because it's a tool that you can rely on to really keep you on a path, but allow flexibility in your routine, I think is yeah, the sure. more important concept. So that's kind of the on the mat kind of looking at this idea of self-care. But then what we were really intrigued in is transcending those concepts outside of the yoga room and beyond the mat. And what it seems, at least in my work with therapy, is, and then Emmanuel, you can speak in general to what you also see as a teacher, as a practitioner, Reiki practitioner, an energy worker, like, is people have a hard time 
prioritizing self-care. So prioritizing their own well-being and their happiness. Would you agree you also see that? Yeah. I I saw it honestly, I saw it more when I was in Ocean City than here. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. It's a very different culture and I think there's different levels of self-care and that the the self-care that I see that is just like routine over here is getting your nails done, getting a facial, getting a massage, like all these elements of self-care are very well practiced, like much more than I've ever seen anywhere else. Yeah. It's okay. Like people in Manhattan, I know when I was there studying yoga, it was like everybody had a therapist. It wasn't like, like that was just a normal kind of, you, it was like weird if you didn't go to therapy. Um, So I feel like for some of the areas that are less like metropolis areas, maybe those, those stereotypical things of self-care, like you said, like body work and and different things that are really relevant or more um, visible maybe. and And I think it's also too a matter of like accessibility. It is so easy here to get anything done right whereas in ocean city it's a different game you know what i mean there's just less there's less people and so there's less availability and exposure to all these different mediums of self-care that you could you could decide to use right and Um, i think even even though in for the like miami people like probably if they're meeting those like more superficial levels of self-care there may still be a lack of deeper self-care And that's what I was going to get to is assessing what self-care really means and what takes care if we take it back to the definition of like your stress. It may be that getting your nails done really helps you de-stress. Great. But it may be that is just something that you do to keep up with the Joneses. And then it really doesn't serve in helping you stay healthy through moments that may be more challenging. Yeah. And that's and where that, the yeah, and I think the reason that people have a hard time with the, the even the, the deeper layers, and then like you said, even the superficial layers, depending on where you're at and who you're working with, um, is because people often translate self care as selfish. So many people that I work with in therapy, it's like they either weren't taught that you were supposed to like, uh, you know, go to therapy or have self reflection or practice self-love or engage in affirmations or exercise or whatever your your self-care tool is. So a lot of the beginning stuff is learning to feel guilty is what I tell people is guess what? When you engage in acts of self-care, there may be some guilt, but one of the best books I've ever read is, is adult children of emotionally immature parents by Lindsay Gibson, I believe. And she basically says that guilt is often the result or or guilt is necessary and often the result of freedom. And sometimes I think that self-care is like choosing to do these things for you might feel a little guilty. Like if you feel bad because you're a mom and you, you in your head, you're like, I gotta be there every night for my daughter to have dinner. Like it's, you don't like you can miss one or two nights or whatever it is. And you might feel a little guilty, but you're also going to feel free. You're also Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself. And you're in, for this example, you're teaching your child to take care of themselves too. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's the biggest reason self-care is, 
is difficult for people, regardless of like feasibility, because we could look at like everybody can journal, right? You don't have to have money oh, yeah. to do that. But you know, like I think that's the biggest barrier for it. Um, and people convince you like dating and in relationships, that's a huge one. Like if you're not spending time with me, you're, you're, you're selfish or you're, it's like, and if somebody's telling you that it's like, you know, put your exercise routine and your, your journaling and your therapy and your spiritual needs and your professional needs, they are important and they are self-care. Well, if you don't meet your need, you're never going to be able to meet anybody else's needs. Like it starts with you. You have to, you have to take care of yourself. You, you are responsible for making yourself feel fulfilled, happy, content, however you want to call it. And so whatever it means to take care of yourself so that you can get to, to that place where you interact with the world, feeling whole, feeling or as close to it as you can is what you should do because then it makes your interactions meaningful and you never want to enter like a relationship or an interaction from a place of lack looking at someone to fill that that void or like to be that missing piece because then it it just establishes a dynamic that's really really hard to shift and that's typically what happens is like I look to you to to fill something in my life and then when I gain confidence or I get skills enough to, to fill it myself, then this person feels like they're irrelevant. And then it becomes, it becomes a clash. And it's like, no, actually, I'm doing it myself. Aren't you proud of me? Yeah. And I often tell people boundaries are extensions of self-care. And if you set a boundary with the new partner in the beginning, you're going to save yourself a lot of work. Boundaries, meaning these are the things I enjoy. Like I take yoga on Thursday night. Like, I'm not going to compromise that for at this point in my life. Just say that that's important to me. Or if being in nature, that's less of like a feasibility issue, is important for you and you love to walk your dog, don't compromise that in the beginning because you want the person to like you or you want like establish those boundaries and it will let you know if that's the type of person you want in your life. 100%. Yeah. Because it... Because I think what you said, like, it's funny, RuPaul says it, right? Like, at the end of every episode, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Mm-hmm. If, if you're not engaging in acts of self-care, probably the people coming into your circle are not going to be the types of, of people, quote unquote, that you want. Right. Um, and that's a, yeah. It requires, what it requires is a, is a decent bit of insight. Yeah. And consistent work. And dare I say therapy, because sometimes it's hard to get enough perspective to know what we actually need. Like oftentimes we get wrapped up in our own ideas and it's not because we're trying to not help ourselves. It's just because we just kind of get caught in a pattern and we need somebody that's outside to be like, hey, did you maybe think about that? I guess what I want to say is there's also that fine line where like you don't have to wait to feel whole to get in a relationship. You just have to be aware because yes. then you can wait forever because it's always going to be a work in progress and you're no, always going to be working. And you know what I tell, I tell people, Emmanuel, that's so good that you said that I have people that are like, so fearful to date. And I'm like, now's the time you have a therapist. Like now <laughs> is the time you don't have to be whole. This is the time that you should be experiencing things you're afraid of because we're, I'm here to help you process them. But you just have to have a willingness. 
and an understanding of what's go what your situation is and right. what you're what you're looking for and what role that person is playing in your life, whether they are there to play a role for one night or for a lifetime. Right. And you have to be willing with self-care, like again, whatever it is, you have to be willing to disappoint people 100%. in life, meaning it's okay for people to feel disappointed. And it's okay for them to express that. But then you just say, I totally respect that you feel that way, but this is just something I need for me. And we're not going to the extreme of like selfishness, right? Because you and I both know people who don't make time for partners or they're so like partners is the example, but certain people in their life, because they they just are so self-involved. We're going to the other side of thing because the majority of people are not self-involved. The majority mm-hmm. of people have a hard time putting themselves first or going into their physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual need. The majority of people have a hard time with that. Those are the, those are the quote unquote types of people we're talking about. Yeah. And with that, I, get, I guess it's kind of a good segue into another thought that I had yes. as we were gearing up to that is... In a way, and that may need a little bit more explanation or context behind it, but it's also okay to quote unquote, disappoint yourself. And what I mean by that is, and I'm going to give a personal um, example. When I lived in Ocean City, I was very blessed with a comfortable life that had minimal amounts of stress. And it's not saying that I didn't have stress, but it was stress on a very different scale than what I'm experiencing in my life right now. And so self-care in that moment for me meant 15 minutes of silent meditation, 45 minutes of pranayama every single day. I, I, I have a deck of card. I drew a card from my deck every morning. I journaled like two pages every week. And on top of that, I had practices that were like, I would get a facial, I would get a massage. And it was a very well-established routines of doing all those things. And that felt very fulfilling to me. It felt right. That was what I needed to do. In the space where I'm at right now, I am grieving the period, like the pause of my meditation and pranayama practice, if we're being honest, that that had to take the back seat because if not, I don't sleep enough is just how it is. Like I don't have that extra hour in the morning to just dedicate to that. I do practice asana every single day, but I, I am grieving. I feel almost like a little disappointed that I don't have the time to do this because my situation has changed tremendously. With that, I cannot even begin to think about getting a massage right now. So self-care to me is like, I need to make sure that I drink enough water and electrolytes. Like that is number one, because I live in Miami and I teach in a hot yoga studio. So that's like, so I don't become a raisin, (laughs) you know, and I need to make sure that I get enough sleep. You know what I mean? I need to make sure that I don't miss my call with my therapist. And it's a very different self-care regimen than what I had previously. And almost like when I 
started to transition to that. It's like, like this evening I have to go to work and I, I haven't, I've been a little sick. And so I haven't had time to work out and I didn't practice. So my self-care is going to be, I'm going to walk to work, you know, but all these things kind of felt less than, than the practices that I was doing previously, but that's okay because the stress is different. I think. And also what you point out is not just like the okay, being okay with uh, like uh, disappointing yourself, but like that your circumstances change. And thank God you adapted to your circumstances. Um, that's the other thing with self-care is like, you have to be willing to adapt it given what you're going through. And I love that you pointed that out because it's like, no, I can't do those things that I used to do in Ocean City because I can't. And I have to adapt my circumstances, which is a faster paced demanding life. But you also um, didn't make excuses like I don't have time for certain things. You just shifted your priorities. You said my self-care are these things, you know, and that's really important because we have to be willing to adapt to what we need. Like for me, the exercise piece, I had to drop out of attending a yoga class. I'm physically was physically exhausted. Like, why was I forcing myself to go to this yoga class, you know, if I really needed to go home and like find some chilldom and know that that is also a, a, a powerful self-care tool. So that's such a good thing to bring up, Emmanuel, that the willingness to adapt your self-care plan to your circumstances. Um, so important. Yeah, because if we know one thing is that our circumstances are always going to change nothing stays the same. And so neither does the self-care. And that's not to say that I won't get back to a place where I can do things that were more similar, but it's saying that right now, that's not what, what serves or what I, what is feasible for me. And um, that was a big, that was a big learning experience. And I think that I love to share that with people because I feel like I'm definitely not the only person going through that. And and keep in mind, because I'm thinking one of my clients was opening a private business she had, and she had such a good routine. Um, don't throw all the things out the window. Like no. meaning like, don't go, oh my God, I'm just so busy. I can't do any of my self-care. Like maybe your quote unquote physical practice takes a hit, but you still attend your therapy. Or maybe you don't do your breath practice, but you still go outside for 10 minutes and sip your coffee. Don't throw everything away. And then come back to it when you can have grace with yourself, I think mm-hmm. is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Do you have any closing comments for us? No, I don't. I just, you know, encourage people to figure out where they're at in their circumstances and, and do some acts of, uh, of self-care. It's super, super important. Therapy, a lot of it's covered by insurance. <laughs> Or you have a small copay, so that's one that is not super, un, you know, feasible. But if you can't do the massages and the body works and all the things, breathe, go outside, journal, just try something for yourself. Yeah, try something out. Be like, journaling is for me, or oh, journaling is not for me. I prefer to be outside, like you said, and and it doesn't have to be. It can be something very grand, but it does not have to be. It, it could go either way and both are fine. Yeah. All right. Sounds well, good. That wraps it up. And uh, thank you for tuning in. We are on Instagram, so you can find us there. 
It's at Beyond the Mat Pod, and you can send us some comments and give us some feedback. We always love to learn from you and see what you would like to hear about. And we will be back next Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye.